Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. College Hoops Friday night here in Las Vegas. We can't say football anymore. It's VSEN tonight, the show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And my co-host tonight, Will Hill, from his uh, palace on the East Coast, I believe in Connecticut, joins me tonight. Will, how are you doing? Matt, what's going on? It's uh, it's always one of the quieter nights of the year, these Friday nights before a big Saturday college basketball card where we have about 900 games on a Saturday and only like a handful on a Friday. But it's fun. The calm before the storm, getting ready for all these games uh, before you know it. it. The thing is, with with the extra week in the NFL, now with the extra game, you look up when, after the Super Bowl, and it's only a couple weeks till conference tournament. So March right corner, uh, fun time of the year. That's right. And uh, this is East Circuit College Hoops Challenge Show for the most part. Uh, Will and I are going to talk some uh, NFL tonight in the first hour, but it's going to be mostly college hoops tonight. And here's the lineup of guests. Nick Bogdanovich, Circus Sports Odds Maker, here in the first hour to talk college hoops. Hour number two, Wes Reynolds uh, by phone tonight, my typical co-host Monday through Thursday night. He is uh, part of the College Hoops contest. He's going to be on to talk about that in addition to a couple other topics. Aaron Moore, VSIN contributor, sports media professor. Hour number two, and then the final hour, Jim Root, College Hoops handicapper from Chicago, and Ken Thompson, Las Vegas radio host and handicapper with their plays on the Circuit College Hoops Challenge. For those who don't know, and are just getting into this, this uh, contest now in the third week. Ten contestants in the field, in addition to two auxiliary contestants, which would be me and uh, Wes Reynolds. We are not competing for uh, prizes, but the other ten are. We are not competing because we're the host of the show. But ten contestants in the field. The winner gets a trophy and a stadium swim cabana with a $1,000 credit. And guess what? The winner of the contest last year was Will Hill. He's a defending champ. We'll talk about that in a minute. Four regular season contest weeks February 2nd 9th tonight and next Friday with five plays per contestant per week on the Saturday schedule using DraftKings lines only NCAA tournament week one we're going to have a Wednesday March 20th show each contestant will have 12 plays for the Thursday and Friday first round games so at that point all contestants uh, through the first round are going to be up to 32 plays in this contest it's going to be a total of 40 plays. We're going to go NCAA Tournament Week 2, which is going to be March 27th, the Wednesday show. Six plays per contestant for the Thursday and Friday Sweet 16 games. And then Week 3, the Friday, April 5th show, wraps it up. Two plays per contestant for the Saturday Final Four games. And the tiebreaker, pick the Final Four teams, one point per correct team. And the national champ, you get three points if you nail it. Submit the picks by Wednesday, March 20th on the eve of the first big day of the tournament. Will, uh, you won this contest a year ago. Congratulations. You're back trying to uh, repeat. You're off to a slow start. How's your college handicapping going in general this season? Not great. Uh, it's been up and down. Um, and even, you know, and look, 
bad two weeks, it's going to happen or whatever out of, out of 10 games. But even like live totals, which is something I've always done really well on, I feel like that's gotten a little sharper. So it, it's hard to know. Sometimes when something you feel like you've had on an edge on for a while, it's hard to know if, hey, it's just small sample size. I'm just in a slump. This is nothing. Or like, hey, these lines are getting a little sharper. I don't know if you've ever gone through something like that. But uh, the show marches on here. Just going to try to turn it around this week. Got five games I feel pretty good about. I'm interested to see uh, to see what you got on your card as well. And we're going to have uh, everybody's cards revealed on this show tonight, most of them in the final hour. Let's take a look at the standings here through two weeks. Greg Hoops Peterson of Vsin on top. At eight and two, you're not going to hear from Hoops tonight because he's taping his uh, five-hour or so coast-to-coast Hoops podcast. If you want to want to know why Greg thinks about every game, check out his podcast. It'll be up uh, loaded late tonight. You can find that on vsend.com wherever you find your podcast. Hoops eight and two, followed by Bobby Buckets Brubeck, professional better out of Austin, Texas, and David Deneen, former college hoops player from Cal Poly, who lives in Reno. Those. Two guys are tied at 7-3, and three, one game back. Jim Root from Chicago is going to be on the show tonight at 6-4. and four. Adam Burke of VSEN and Ken Thompson, the Las Vegas radio host, each at 5-5. Five and five. Chris Macero, professional sports better from San Diego, at 4-5-1. and one. Will Hill and Tim Murray of VSEN at 3-7. And, and Aaron Moore of uh, VSEN at 2-8. and eight. Aaron went 0-5 in the first week, and then he's got a hole to dig out of. As far as that goes, if you want to know what the uh, contest results are as a whole, as uh, we head into uh, week three, I've got the totals here. And uh, I think it's right now at this point, three games under 500 for everybody involved in the contest, including Wes Reynolds and myself. I'm five and five, and Wes is three and seven going into this week. All right, let's talk about a game that's going to be a consensus uh, play. I think the most popular play on the card from what I've seen. I have not seen all the picks from all the contestants so far. And uh, last week, the Colorado-Arizona game was a very bad one for the contest. It was good for Greg Hoops-Peterson. He had Arizona. We had eight contestants on Colorado, and the Buffaloes got blown out as one-point home favorites. So the contest record took a hit there at one and eight uh, total. But Greg Hoops-Peterson benefited from the Arizona win. Well, Marquette is going to be a popular play tonight. You're going to find out Marquette plus seven against UConn, I believe, is the most popular play in this contest. Well, let's take a look at this game. And uh, right now, DraftKings has dropped to six and a half. We're using DraftKings lines that are up between 3 p.m. and 5.45 p.m. Pacific time on Fridays. I did see a seven and a half out there briefly today. Not at DraftKings. Seven was the best number. It's now at six and a half. How do you handicap the Marquette-Connecticut game, and did you use – Either side. I used Marquette. I, I took the seven here. I'm going to take the touchdown with the Golden Eagles. I was actually going to go to this game, but the game's at 3 o'clock Eastern. I'm actually hosting tomorrow at, uh, on Vsin 6 Eastern, and it would have been tough to get there. Plus, it's uh, it's an expensive ticket. But look, two top five teams. This is the game of the weekend, maybe the game of the year in the regular season. Remember, Marquette beat them in the Big East tournament. They beat UConn last year, gave them their final loss. Uh, I think it was in the Big East semifinals in, in the Garden last year. Yep. I just think when you're getting Shaka Smart as a dog, that that's usually a good bet. Um, UConn, you can still turn them over. If you look at some of the shot quality stuff, I'm not sure how much you use that. I, I look at it. I, it's not To me, it's not gospel, but there's some regression coming both ways for UConn in terms of their made threes, their opponents made threes, things like that. And again, if you're Marquette, if you can just steal some extra possessions and not get killed on the offensive glass, I just think that's a lot of talent. Uh, that, that's a lot of points for a team as talented as Marquette. So I don't know if you're on the same page here with me and getting the seven. I, I know it's not your nature to be laying a touchdown uh, in, in games like this with two top five teams. No, I'm, I'm taking the points with Marquette, too. And uh, yeah. the Golden Eagles have been really good as underdogs. And we'll talk about this game more later in the show. But I like the dog here catching seven. I actually... When I made the number on the game, I made it seven and a half. I was hoping it was going to open eight. Obviously, wanted to bet the dog. Uh, so I think it's a, a pretty sharp number that opened today across the market at seven and has dropped to six and a half. So I think that's showing you the sharper money is on the underdog right now. We'll see if it turns out that way. Uh, the sharper money was not on Colorado last week against Arizona, but it looks like Marquette is going to be the uh, top play this week. Marquette's got an outstanding record as an underdog, which I'll uh, get to later in the show tonight, but that's 667, 668 on the rotation. And I like to reference the rotation numbers because of college basketball Saturdays, you have typically around 150 games. And it's not easy to find these on the board. It's not like uh, you got 16 NFL games. You got 150 games up there. 
And uh, Marquette, Connecticut is a noon game Pacific time. How far is uh, UConn's arena from where you live, Will? About 45 minutes. They play. They have two different locations. They play at the XL Center in Hartford, and right. that's 40, 45 minutes. And Gamble is closer to their campus. I think that's probably closer to an hour. But tickets, uh, t- tickets were not cheap. I mean, I mean, and look, you can expect it. It's it's two top five teams. It's a hot item. It's it's you know UConn and Marquette. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe 45 minutes at the XL, and they've been very good this year at UConn. So that's built into the number here. That's that's why it's uh you know you're, you're getting a lot of points with Marquette. I mean, they are undefeated at home. They've been a, a monster team here at home. All right, let's go to 731-732, Kentucky-Auburn, big game in the SEC. Auburn off a 40-point win over South Carolina. When DraftKings opened this number today, Will, you've been the first guy to send your picks in three weeks in a row, right at 3 o'clock when we opened the window for picks to be submitted, and you got Kentucky plus 10 right away. You got the best of it. Right now it's down to 8. There are some books out there with 8.5. Why do you like Kentucky catching the points here? Obviously, you got a good number. Yeah, the reason I send them in early here is I, I do feel like uh, I got a good feel for these games and the line will move in my favor. The first week I got between the five games, I think I got nine, nine and a half points of closing line value. Of course, I went one and four, which, um, you know, is irrelevant. It's all that matters. I got the, the good numbers uh, to me. That's just a lot of points for a team as, as talented as Kentucky. We started to see against Ole Miss the other night a little better effort defensively. They're getting a little healthier. Uh, Auburn, I know that was an impressive uh, effort against South Carolina. That's one of the better efforts we've seen all year. They absolutely destroyed South Carolina, averaged a point and a half per possession, which is really hard to do against anyone, much less a really good South Carolina defense. But, um, you know, Auburn's not going to kill you from three. That's where Kentucky's kind of vulnerable on, on defense in terms of the perimeter. The Kentucky guards are big. I, I still don't love this backcourt for Auburn here. So I just think that's a lot of points. Give me double digits, and I think the market agreed here. The 10 was just too much here with the Wildcats. All right. the uh, I really liked last Saturday's uh, college hoops card. It had a bunch of plays on it. I'm not going to have as many this week. Will, how do you how, how do you feel about this card in general? Pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you feel. Do you feel like they should balance this out more? Does it feel a little overwhelming to you when you have like 155 games on a Saturday then like only a dozen on a Friday and a Sunday? Do you think they should balance it out a little bit? I'd like to see a couple more games on Friday and a couple more yeah. on Sunday for sure. But, yeah, I love Saturdays with so many games. But you're right. Tonight we could probably uh, probably be better off with a few more good games on a Friday night card and a few more good games on the uh, Sunday card as well. I would agree with that. Uh, Will, we're going to get your thoughts on uh, the Super Bowl. Wes Reynolds and I have done a lot this week in terms of uh, recapping what happened between the uh, 49ers and the Chiefs. We're going to get your thoughts on what happened last Sunday. And then uh, most of the show tonight is going to be uh, college hoops, starting with Nick Bogdanovich of Circuit Sports here in the first hour. Again, the guest lineup, Wes Reynolds, Aaron Moore of VSIN. Hour number three, Jim Root and Ken Thompson, handicappers in the Circuit College Hoops Challenge. Back here in a couple minutes. VSIN tonight, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back to the show. VSIN tonight, the sports betting network. Matt Humans and uh, Will Hill, my co host tonight, Will from the East Coast. And, um, Will, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl now. Um, I did have the Chiefs winning 27-24. That was my official prediction on VSIN. And uh, I played the Chiefs at plus 3, minus 130 when the number is a 2.5. I played them on a teaser at plus 8.5 and, and over the total of 41. I was lucky to get there. Second overtime Super Bowl we've seen out of 58. And the first overtime was uh, our first Sunday on the air on VSIN, our first day on the air. And uh, February 5th, 2017, when the Patriots came back from 28-3, to force overtime against the Falcons and win that in OT, and I had the Patriots in that Super Bowl too. Uh, so I've won both overtime Super Bowls, but I gotta feel very lucky to get there with the Chiefs. And you know, when when you recap what happened and you look at the 49ers, and uh, you just kind of feel like they blew it, like they shot themselves in the foot, and made so many mistakes. They almost did the exactly what the Lions did against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, when the Lions should have won that, and they unraveled. And uh, the 49ers made a lot of similar, similar mistakes in the Super Bowl. Now, also, when I look at the game and when I was sitting here at the Circus Sportsbook watching the game late in the first half, I said, 49ers are playing with fire here because they should have a much bigger lead. And you let Patrick Mahomes hang around in a game, you're probably going to pay for it, Will, and that's what happened. Yep, hard to believe that, by the way. That Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl seven years ago now. My yeah. goodness, that uh, doesn't feel like it. I agree with everything you said. It, it's ironic because – they had no business really beating the Packers. They definitely had no business beating the Lions. Then they had no business losing to the Chiefs. I'm with you. I gave out the Chiefs. I didn't feel like that was the right side necessarily. And, boy, you said it. They let them hang around. It's almost like in baseball. When you leave the bases loaded in the first inning and you leave the bases loaded in the second inning, it, that usually comes back to haunt you when you don't cash those in. And they had so many chances to have a 14-17 point lead. And as great as Mahomes is, if he's down 14, he's down 17, he's probably not coming back. I mean, the, the punt hitting the foot, uh, the, the play calling was strange. You, people can defend Shanahan. Oh, he's not a choker. Andy Reid came close, but no cigar a bunch of times. Uh, Shanahan's had a long history now of being bad in these big games, not challenging the Devontae Smith catch last year, blowing double-digit lead after double-digit double lead in these Super Bowls. Remember, he had a 10-point lead against the Rams in the NFC title game two years ago. He punted fourth and one from plus territory. So he gets very tight. He makes some strange decisions. I do think people like I would have kicked in overtime. I'm curious what you think about this. I would have kicked. I would prefer to have Mahomes in three down territory where if I kick off and I get him to fourth and one from his own 38, he's probably going to pump me the ball. Mm -hmm. If I put Mahomes in fourth down territory where I have a lead, I don't want Mahomes in fourth down territory. I want him in, in three down territory where he'll punt. And I want perfect information when I have the ball. That being said, I do think people are playing the results a little bit. There is a side. There is a, you know, a reasonable side to taking the ball, meaning if they both exchange field goals or they both exchange punts or they both exchange turnovers and and you decided to kick off and Mahomes has the ball in sudden death with a chance to win, people will be saying, how could you give Mahomes two out of three at-bats here? You should have taken the ball. There's reasonable size for both for, for both ways. I, I give the NFL credit. They came up with a, a format that's very fair. For years, we've had debates about how should overtime be handled? Should they play a quarter? Should it be first team to eight or whatever? They came up with a fair system. Uh, I'm curious if you think he should have taken it or not. Where I go back to, and like, look, they've lost they, they lost this game a million different ways. Second and five with two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Second and five, Kansas City only had two timeouts. The, uh, the 49ers were at like the Kansas City 32-yard line. 
Just run, and they threw the ball. They threw the ball for a yard. Just run the ball three times. You'll get your five yards probably. You can run out the clock, kick a field goal, and either win or go to overtime. They threw it. They only got a yard, so then they had to throw it again on third and four. To me, just run the ball, stick with the run. Kansas City was tired on defense. That was an underrated play, that second and five where they threw it. So uh, did you think that, did you have a problem with that play call? Did you have a problem with them taking the ball in overtime? All right, so you're right about what you said about people playing the results a little bit because you get to see how it turned out, and then uh, you uh-huh. go back and analyze what Shanahan did and said, well, he made a big mistake. But uh, I don't think all those people knew at the time that Andy Reid planned to go for two no matter what if it was matching touchdown for touchdown. If Shanahan knew that, I don't think he would have taken the ball first. I also don't think he sat down and really thought it through uh, like he should have. He probably didn't think the game was going to go to overtime and didn't think through all the scenarios. But um, – Patrick Mahomes is a different animal, too. And you don't want to give him the ball second, knowing exactly what he needs to get. Right. Because, like you said, he's they're going to use the four downs instead of three. Who knows? Like you said, on uh, fourth and two at their own 40, they might have punted if they got the ball first in overtime. If they get the ball second, they're not going to punt. And uh, especially if the Niners obviously scored on their first possession like they did. So I think – I don't think Shanahan thought the, all the scenarios through like he should have, and uh, that's inexcusable because you got all sorts of time to prepare, and you got to think you got to think about every different scenario. Like when you're handicapping, like Wes Reynolds always says, leave no stone unturned. Uh, as in a coach in that situation, you have to think through every possible situation. So Shanahan didn't do that. I agree with what you said about the NFC Championship game against the Rams a couple years ago. I thought he blew that too with poor play calling in the fourth quarter. I wasn't crazy about some of the play calling uh, in a couple of the key situations you mentioned uh, by Shanahan and the 49ers in the fourth quarter in overtime. And also, uh, one thing when I was handicapping the game, I said the guy who could be the difference is Steve Spagnuolo because I think he's the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. And, you know, you give Mahomes a little bit of an edge over Purdy, maybe a significant edge. I gave Spags and the uh, Chiefs defense, KCD, a little bit of, a bit of an edge over uh, Wilkes and the San Francisco D. And I also thought Harrison Butker was a far more reliable kicker. So you, you take the quarterback, the defense, and the co- coordinator, and the kicker, and to me that was enough edges to take the Chiefs as underdogs. It sort of played out that way. But the first half, I didn't like the way Andy Reid coached and called plays and made decisions. And again, put the Chiefs in a hole, Will. Let's look at this. Patrick Mahomes, three Super Bowl championships in 2020 – Trailed the Niners 20 to 10 at halftime, scored 21 straight points in the fourth and won 31 to 20. A year ago, trailed the Eagles 24 14 at halftime, had a bad ankle, rallied the Chiefs to a 38 35 win, and this time trailed the Niners 10 0, and it was 10 3 at the half and won 25 22 in overtime. He's the comeback kid, Will, and you just can't let him hang around. I think Shanahan has uh, made a lot of mistakes in terms of. Uh, letting the opponent hang around in these big games. He's just the best. I think I I said this, I think it was after the Miami game in the playoffs with the Chiefs. I said, I can't remember a time when there was a bigger gap between the best player and the second best player. Whoever you think that is, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. If you want to say it's him, okay. If you want to say it's Allen, okay. But like, even when it was Tom Brady and people, I think the further away you get it, you'd be like, oh, Tom Brady was clearly the best player. You know, he had all these Super Bowls. There was a very reasonable case that Peyton Manning was better. Peyton Manning made, I think, seven first-team All-Pros. Peyton Manning, regular season statistics, was every bit as good, if not better, than Brady. He didn't win as much. He didn't have as good defense, as good a coach. But there's no sec- There's no peer to Mahomes. Mahomes is just, he's so great. He can run. He can throw. There's just, he's the perfect player. I, I never saw it coming out of Texas Tech. I, I'm shocked he's had this kind of career. It's, You know, it's interesting. Brady had a 10-year lull where they didn't win a Super Bowl. It's, you know, you figure at some point Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to hit this lull, but uh, if anything, it was going to be this year or the last couple of years when they trade Tyree Kill. I mean, think about it. They trade Tyree Kill. You figure, all right, maybe take a step back. They haven't lost a playoff game since. They're 7-0 in the playoffs, uh, and they're well-built now with this defense. The coaching staff it looks like Reed's going to stick around for a few years. They just signed Spagnolo. Spagnolo's in that perfect zone, too, where he's not young enough. He, he's not going to get another head coaching opportunity. So you're going to get to keep Spagnolo. You're going to get to keep Reed, build this team around Mahomes. Uh, I know the AFC's tough, but, I mean, they're going to – they're going to be knocking on the door here and winning championships are coming close for the next whatever, eight, 10 years. What would you put as a number? This would be an interesting conversation. What would you put as an over-under for, for number of championships for Mahomes when he retires? You know, I, I don't know. Somebody was talking about that last week. And you have to consider injuries could come into play too. And also I think mobility is a big part of what makes him effective. You know, that was not the case with Brady so much. And that's why 
in the middle of Tom Brady's career when the Patriots went to 10 years. A lot of people, I was talking about this with a friend last week, a lot of people forget the Pats went 10 years without winning yeah. a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, but Brady's game is not based on uh, mobility as much as Mahomes. You never know how injuries might play a factor in certain things. I would say I would set the number at, I, I think he's probably going to win five Super Bowls. Yeah, that's, a, that's the number I had in mind. Probably going to win a couple more. Probably going to win a couple more. So he's got three, and then the other three seasons he came up short uh, right. were d- losses in overtime in the AFC Championship game and a Super Bowl blowout when the Kansas City offensive line was a wreck and Andy Reid did nothing to fix it. It was totally unprepared for that Super Bowl, and he lost to Brady. Uh, so six times he's had six legitimate cracks at it, and Insane. it's going to be interesting to see if the uh, the Chiefs can be the first team in NFL history to repeat and win three consecutive Super Bowls. I did want to get your opinion on a, a couple other Super Bowl topics. We're about out of time here, so we're going to take a break. We're going to revisit some of this discussion later in the show. Will, just in general, how would you do on your prop plays? Pretty well. Uh, a perfect result for me would have been San Fran winning by three exactly, but that didn't happen. That would have been a very nice payday. But a lot of the overs got got home, so I, you know I'm more of an under player. So it, it was basically just a wash for me, but I did okay on the game in general. All right, we'll take a quick break. We come back. Nick Bogdanovich of Circus Sports is going to join us as we go through some of the biggest college hoops games on Saturday, including Marquette, UConn, Duke, Florida State. How about Kentucky, Auburn, and uh, maybe Nevada, UNLV. We'll talk about that one, too. The last game on the board Saturday night in Las Vegas. Quick break here on the Sports Betting Network. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Everyone's been busy with football betting, but now you turn the page, and the VSIN experts have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer. It's the All Star break. Get the free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets. Analysis of both conferences and betting tips for the rest of the season. VSIN.com slash guide. To get your free copy today, bsin.com slash guide. Nick Bogdanovich, the Hall of Famer, Circus Sports Odds Maker, joins me now. And, uh, Nick, you love college hoops. We've only got one game left on the board tonight, and it's in the Mountain West, a conference I know you love to follow uh, closely. New Mexico and San Diego State, the first time these teams met at the pit in Albuquerque, it was a blowout in favor of the Lobos. They won by 18. Is this a payback spot tonight for the Aztecs? Right now it's Circa. San Diego State minus six, total of 151. Yeah, I, I would think so. You know better than anyone, the, the home home court in the Mountain West is super strong, so they really dig in and protect it. I, I wouldn't count on another 41 to 11 second half if I was San Diego State. <laughs> I might want to I, I might want to come out a little stronger yeah. with, and, and play a little better in the first half. But, yeah, to me it looks like San Diego State's game. I didn't get involved in it. I made it six and a half. Yeah, was, I didn't, but I, I, I see the Aztecs. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't get involved with that either because I thought the number was about right and I didn't want to lay that, but I like the Aztecs uh, to win the game. New Mexico off a one-point win in Reno a couple nights ago. Jamal Mashburn Jr. hit a couple late threes and they won that 83-82. I, I figured they wanted to split, badly needed a split on that road trip, and they got the first one in Reno. Uh, Nick, let's uh, – Go to the Big East and the biggest game of the weekend. Number four, Marquette. Number one, UConn. And this number opened seven. Now it's six and a half out there in the market. What did you make the number on uh, Marquette, UConn? I made UConn six and a half. Uh, they play later in Milwaukee. I won't I won't be involved here. Obviously, this is the game of the day. Two teams that can win it all. Uh, I made it right. I, I, if you put a gun to my head, it would be Connecticut. I think they'll get the job done tomorrow, but I'm not not involved. But I will be watching. At Circa, do you have a lot of uh, a lot of bets or a lot of money on Connecticut on uh, the futures, either to make the Final Four or to win the whole thing back to back? No, thankfully that's one of our good teams. Really? So uh, yeah, yeah. If Connecticut cuts the nets down, that'll be good for us. All right. How about ACC? I'm going to go Duke, Florida State here, and it looks like. ACC might get three teams in the tournament, four if the conference is lucky, but the top two right now, North Carolina and Duke. And uh, North Carolina survived a trip to Tallahassee uh, a couple weeks ago. Will Duke survive here? And uh, Duke is a five-point favorite on the road. Who would you play? What would you make the number in Duke, Florida State? I made it seven. I'd probably lay five. 
No, Duke, Duke had a horrible loss against Georgia Tech a while back. I mean, just a god-awful loss to Georgia Tech. Since then, they won 14 of 16, playing pretty good ball. The young kids were coming around. I like the big kid in the middle. I think he's a stud. So I, I'd probably lay five if I could find five. Uh, like I said, I made it seven, and I'm not real high on uh, this uh, Florida State team. That number's up to five and a half right now. It was five earlier today. Will? Nick, South Carolina, LSU, South Carolina has been a good story this season. They got humbled the other night against Auburn. Auburn absolutely lit them up. Uh, do you expect them to bounce back here? What do you like here, South Carolina, LSU? Yeah, I do. This is one of the games I do like this weekend. I, I, South Carolina minus six. There's plenty out there. Uh, I think you might – LSU, they're one of the worst defensive teams you'll ever find. Usually when you go on the road, that really turns out to be a disaster. Uh, and the reason I like South Carolina is because Auburn beat them unmercifully, beat them by 40. So I like a good team coming off a really sound, thorough thrashing. They'll be triple focused in this one at home. They'll uh, they'll get a lot of easy buckets uh, buckets against LSU. So I, I made the game nine. I laid the six. I alluded to Auburn burying South Carolina the other night. They're in action against Kentucky. We saw that line open around 10. Those 10s got gobbled up. Uh, do you think that line movement is accurate? What, what are your thoughts here, Kentucky against Auburn? I made it 10. Uh, I'm not involved. I might lay it if it gets cheaper. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go against Auburn at home. And Here's their five SEC games at home. They beat A&M by 11, Ole Miss by 23, Vandy by 27, Bama by 18, and South Carolina by 40. I mean, that's just off the charts good. I mean – uh, they just they're they're a completely different team at home. They take it up a notch. So, and Kentucky loves to go. And again, they're sort of like LSU. Defense is optional, and that usually turns into be a disaster on the road. So I, I could see this one getting ugly. Uh, I I could I, I'd lay eight if I saw it. How about Michigan? Michigan State. Michigan's had a horrible year. I, I would expect Howard to be out as coach. But this is a rivalry game. They're home. They're getting points. What are your thoughts here, Michigan, Michigan State? Yeah, two bet against teams for me. I, I made it right there. I think I made it six and a half. I mean, it's right there. R big rivalry game. I do think Howard will be gone at the end of this year unless they do something miraculous in the Big Ten tourney. But uh, I think this is, you know, Izzo, we, we, we keep thinking Izzo is going to get this team playing better, and they, and they really just don't. So th I think they are what they are. So uh, like I said, I made it right there and I'm not interested. In, I'm looking to bet against both these teams. So it's a pass for me. All right, let's keep it in the big 10. Wisconsin dropped four in a row. And uh, Nick, I lost three bets on the Badgers in that streak. And uh, that was ugly. They bounced back to win a couple nights ago against a bad Ohio state team in Madison. Today, Wisconsin opened a one, one and a half point favorite at Iowa. Now it's a pick him uh, at DraftKings. Should Whiskey be the favorite in Iowa City or not? Could be. I mean, I made a pick them, but I think Iowa's a bet against team. I don't like McCaffrey's squad at all. But mm -hmm. Wisconsin's in really poor form. Like you said, they lost four in a row, and the the one win they get to get off the Schneid was a was a, a, a less than sterling effort against Ohio State. So Wisconsin's not in a good good form, and you know Iowa is a strong home field home court over the over the years so it's definitely a pass for me i was gonna say when you look at the big 10 uh do you think that league is down because we've talked a lot about the pac-12 being down the acc big 10's got a couple good teams at the top but i don't think there's really aside from purdue maybe illinois there's really a standout team or a team that you think could go deep in the tournament and i thought maybe wisconsin was that team and uh it's looking like that's not the case no but what happens is Teams go in three, four-game lulls. So if Wisconsin, you know, they could turn it around and start. As, as long as you're healthy and playing your best ball in March, you got a shot. So I wouldn't bury the Badgers. Uh, but, like, I, I think that Illinois, obviously, is the second-best team. And I think Purdue, obviously, can win it all. Nick Bogdanovich of Circus Sports with us. And uh, you can follow Circus Sports on Twitter as well and uh, those numbers should be going up pretty soon here the overnight openers for uh, college hoops at circus sports on twitter nick let's go to the big 12 for two texas at houston first time these teams uh, tangled in austin and went to overtime and the cougars escaped right now houston an 11 point favorite over texas Is that about why you made it 
made it 10. I'd probably take 12. I mean, Houston wins in overtime uh, in Austin. So Texas is confident against this team. It'll be an, you know a really physical, ugly game. And I, I don't think Houston blows them out here. So, yeah, I hope it goes up. I, I would be interested in taking Texas plus 12. How about Kansas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Oklahoma, and do we know the status of uh, Kevin McCuller? Obviously, the Jayhawks off an embarrassing 29-point blowout loss uh, at Texas Tech this week. Yeah, it looks like he's going to go. If he doesn't go, I would like to play Oklahoma. I wanted to play Oklahoma regardless. Uh, Kansas got him the first go-round, I think, by a dozen or so, but uh, I've been betting against Kansas all year, and it's you know, I like playing home teams in the pick'em range anyway. Oklahoma, they have like an eight-man rotation. The only problem is two of those guys probably aren't going to play tomorrow. So now you're talking about down to six. I'd like to have all hands on deck when you're playing a Kansas team. Uh, so I'll probably skip it unless the kids from Oklahoma go, but I don't think they will. I think it's ugly and sores. But, uh, yeah, I definitely don't want any part of Kansas. I've been, I, I think they're the – They've been overpriced all year long, so I've I've been I've been playing as, against Kansas quite a bit this year. All right, let's uh, finish it up in the Mountain West, where we started Nevada UNLV DraftKings Open Nevada minus one in Vegas Saturday night. The last game on the board eight fifteen eight sixteen, and is now UNLV minus two. You hear a lot of talk about the Mountain West, maybe getting five teams in the tournament. UNLV not in that discussion, but the Rebels only a game and a half out of first. Still trying to figure out how they lost Air Force by 30. I, I can't. I have zero feel, zero feel for the Rebels. So I mean, I mean, I get. I made the game pick them. Definitely will not be involved in this one. I, I, I have been wrong. I think I played with or against the Rebels five times this year, and I'm over five. So I zero feel for the hometown squad. Should be a hell of a game. I mean, obviously the Rebels are playing lights out right now. Reno with a brutal loss the other night, like you said, Mashburn buried a couple threes on them, but. Uh, big game, big game for both teams. Yeah, I can't figure out how UNLV could lose 90-58 to 58 at home to Air Force either. Still trying to figure that one out. Nick, always appreciate the time, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. All right, guys. Have some winners. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. Official sports betting partner of the NBA, promo code VSIN. Will Hill. Joins me tonight on uh, VSEN tonight is my co-host, Will. We're going to talk about this just a little bit in hour number two because I hate NBA All-Star Weekend at this point. Are you going to have any plays on uh, the All-Star game or anything else attached to it? No, I don't think so. Like you said, they, they've made this completely unwatchable. Not to be the back-in-my-day person, but like I remember when I was a kid, I remember there was a year Jordan played against Kobe. Like They used to actually play a basketball game. Now it's just... Uh, the team with the ball just throws alley to each other. The team on defense just watches. They basically don't get back to, you know, the half court on defense. It's just, it's a layup line. It's become completely unwatchable. Uh, I won't be watching any of it. Thank God I have you who will be watching, taking notes. Uh, you said you're going to send me a three-page recap in terms of the schematics, the defense, you know, all, all the different matchups. You're going to be watching this for me, so I appreciate that. But, no, I'm not going to watch that. The dunk contest stinks now, too. It, it's all guys you never heard of. I mean, McClung's the favorite. He's not even in the NBA. So, they've made it tough. They've made it really tough to watch. Yeah, that's uh, that might be Wes Reynolds who's taking notes and all that stuff. Not me. You got your wires crossed on the NBA. I'll be working on uh, handicapping college hoops all night and trying to find some winners on this board uh, by early tomorrow morning, betting as uh, many games as I possibly can, where uh, we think we can find a couple points worth an edge. All right, the Circuit College Hoops Challenge, we're going to bring it back here in hour number two when Wes Reynolds joins the show. But right now, Will, let's uh, finish up our discussion on Super Bowl 58. Chiefs win 25-22 in overtime, and the 49ers find ways to lose it. Now, you could probably make a case that Steve Wilkes was not a good fit as defensive coordinator in San Francisco and that the uh, 49ers needed to move on. But when I look at the job Wilkes did in the Super Bowl, yeah, you can find fault with everything. I can find a lot of faults with the way Kyle Shanahan called plays and the way his offense executed or failed to and the way uh, his offensive line broke down at key moments of the game. So a lot of faults I can find with the offense and Kyle Shanahan's in charge of that. A lot of people are nitpicking Steve Wilkes in the defense. Guess what? Steve Wilkes' defense gave up one touchdown in regulation, and that was after a muff punt and a one-play 16-yard TD pass by Mahomes. Otherwise, it was four field goals. I don't think you can pin the blame on Wilkes for what happened. But Kyle Shanahan, again, who's blown a lot of big games, including he's played a big role in blowing three Super Bowls now, big leads in three Super Bowls, throws Steve Wilkes under the bus. I don't think he's taking accountability. I have not heard him take any of the blame. Will, what's your uh, take on uh, Kyle Shanahan and what happened with Steve Wilkes in the aftermath of uh, the 49ers uh, blowing that game. Oh, it's it's never Kyle Shanahan's fault. He's always the smartest guy in the room. He definitely comes off as you know smug. Uh, I, I can't kill him for letting go to Wilkes. Uh, they could have easily given up forty plus points to the Lions if the Lions just catch a couple of balls. The Lions are in the forties in that game. They didn't play well against Green Bay. They were middle of the pack. Some of the advanced metrics on defense. I think they think they have more talent than that. I get it. I didn't love it. I feel like he's being scapegoated, but there is a reasonable case to let him go. Again, you're not firing for what happened in the Super Bowl. You're firing him for what happened during the season. And look, some of their coordinators have gotten snatched up the last four or five years. Salah, D'Amico, Ryan's. I don't know who they're going to bring in to replace them. It's it's late in the hiring cycle where it's I don't know who you're bringing in at this point. All the jobs, all you know, the musical chairs, everybody's filled. So I don't know what their plan is from that standpoint. I get it, but your point is well taken. Where it just it always seems like the the fingers always pointing somewhere else in some other direction. It's never pointing at Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I, I mean, I like you said, I think you can justify moving on from Steve Wilkes, but again, it's the day after of the Super Bowl. It might have been the second day after Kyle Shanahan had his wrap up press conference. And he calls an emergency press conference to announce the firing of Steve Wilkes. So you got to throw somebody. Somebody's got to take the fall. you got to throw somebody under the bus. It's not going to be Shanahan. And it's got to be the defensive coordinator. If you just look at the, um, the body of work by the offense and the defense on the San Francisco side in the Super Bowl, I thought the defense played better. Uh, so Wilkes taking the fall. 
just I think is a bad look because once again it's Kyle Shanahan trying to find a scapegoat or throw somebody else under the bus. Mitch Moss and Paul Howard were breaking down the game on the uh, early Monday morning Follow the Money show before uh, they took off for the rest of the week. Mitch and Paul, we're going to roll tape here of their quick recap of uh, Super Bowl 58. So there you go. It's a good day today, Paulie, to be alive and for the you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes crowd. Can't do it. They cashed it. And uh, for that reasoning alone, they had a very good night last night. If you were betting him to win the MVP before, during the game, whenever, and uh, just on the Chiefs. And that was the that was like the consensus for the last two weeks, man. So many people were on the Chiefs and they got paid. So I don't know how he did it again last night, but they did. I mean, I thought the Niners should have had a much bigger lead than they. And we'll get on into this throughout the entire show today. They shot themselves in the foot, in my opinion, over and over and over in that game last night. But when it's all said and done, this dude's got three Super Bowls already. And he lost another one. And oh, by the way, the other two times, he lost the AFC title game in overtime at home. That's where he's at in his career. Yeah. This was the year you were supposed to get them, too. They're not even that good? No, they were the three seed. I know. They had to go to Buffalo. They had to go to – but the team that's kicking themselves other than the Niners is Baltimore. They couldn't move the ball against us. We're at home. We were supposed to win that game. Come on. But it's uh, it's not fair now. I mean, how good he was in the fourth quarter in overtime and now to win three at the age of 28 and three MVPs? I mean, this is uh, who knows what it, what his career looks like when it's all said and done. But I, between the penalties and and the 49ers should have had a bigger lead, silly penalties, and also just I mean, make one play. You got to make one play. Third and five at the two minute warning. You pick up the first down. You're going to kick a game winning field goal. Game's right? over. You got that. You're inside the 10 yard line in overtime. You have to settle for a field goal. It goes on and on. And McCaffrey fumbling on the first drive. Moody misses the extra point, which would loom large. How about the muff punt? Enormous. That, that, that wasn't the punt returner's fault. That was enormous. That's 10-6. They have the lead. They're getting the ball, and the Chiefs can't do anything. Sure. that's We're coming up. Let's, like, that's three minutes to go in the third quarter, Paul. Yeah, handed them seven points. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, followed money the morning after uh, Super Bowl 58. And, uh, Will, they talked about a lot of the stuff we mentioned there. And uh, I guess... For you, what were, what, were, what were the biggest points of emphasis when you came out of it? Because I, th- I said right after the game, the guy who deserves more credit than he's going to get for the Super Bowl win is Steve Spagnuolo. I thought at the biggest moments of the game, his defense and his defensive calls trumped Kyle Shanahan. Yep, absolutely. He's probably going to end up being a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. I mean, this is a, a, a quite a legacy he's built, quite a resume. Going back to what he did with the Giants and now with the Chiefs, where he joined in 2019 and three Super Bowls later, I mean, here he is. So you, you would think he's uh, he's got a case for the Hall of Fame. And I go back to the second and five, two and a half minutes left in the game. You got three chances to, to get five yards. Just run it three times. You're going to get two yards of carry probably. Just give it to McCaffrey three times. You got Debo. You got all these weapons. You do. I mean, you say what you want about Shanahan. He's a good uh, play caller in terms of their schemes. You got three chances to get five yards. Just run it three times. You can run out the clock and kick a field goal. Uh, that that's the one where you, there's no re- reason to throw the ball. You don't really get anything on the second and five, so then you have to throw it on third and four. Spagnuolo brings the house, and then you end up kick a field goal, and you know when you give the ball back to Mahomes, that's never good, especially with that much time. So to me, that was the key sequence. Spags is going to be back as KCDC. Uh, you think Chris Jones is going to be back on the defensive line? This is young defense. It could, could only get better, possibly. And uh, you got to think the Chiefs are going to, you know, Get rid of guys like Kadarius, Tony, and upgrade that wide receiver uh, core going into the next season. So you could say the Chiefs are in a position where they're going to be better uh, next season. What sort of chances do you give uh, the Chiefs to three-peat for the first time in NFL or Super Bowl history? Oh, I mean, how could you argue against it? I mean, they've got Mahomes. They've got Michael Jordan. They've got the best player at the most important position. So, um, I mean, imagine if they, this team adds Mike Evans. It'd be interesting. They've won twice now without the big time to the receiver. Do they think this is sustainable and say, hey, we can just – Mahomes will piece it together. We don't need the big time receiver. We'll just build the team around him. Or do they say, hey, we got away with one this year. We really need better pass catchers, especially as Kelsey get, gets older. I'm not sure what direction they go, but um, I, I guess they got some maneuverability with the cap. They, they've obviously – this wasn't their best team this year. If you watch them play on Christmas against the Raiders and you woke up – you know, if you went into a coma and woke up seven weeks later, he said, how the hell did this team win the Super Bowl? But they did it. <laughs> they did it. You know, you talked about winning without a number one receiver. I kept saying, 
I think the Bills need to move on from Stephon Diggs. Either got to find a new number one or do what the Chiefs did and uh, win without a true number one type receiver. Would you move on from Diggs if you were the Bills and some of these teams trying to catch KC and the uh, AFC? I'd be open to anything if I'm the Bills. That's that's a team that feels like their window's closed. Uh, they got Kansas City in their building this year. They've always lost in Arrowhead. They've always lost to the Chiefs, but it was always on the road. They, again, they and you know Hardman fumbled, uh, you know against uh, against Buffalo in that game. They were really outplayed in that game. So look, I'd be open to anything if I'm Buffalo. I think that team's in some trouble. Chiefs do have some uh, stiff competition in the AFC, um, but Loaded. it's tough to bet against Loaded. Mahomes. Like, like I know a lot of people mocked. Uh, betters who said how can you bet against Mahomes as an underdog before the Super Bowl but that's how it played out you can't bet against Mahomes as an underdog anyway that wraps up hour number one tonight a lot more college hoops coming in the final two hours stay tuned circuit college hoops challenge infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.